1: Talking some Badger football, some Badger basketball, all kinds of good stuff. Our good buddy Zach Heilprin, sports director, ninety six seven FM, sixteen seventy AM, the Zone out in Madison. You can find him at Zach Heilprin over there on Twitter. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Zach, how you doing? Great, Bill. So, uh, not the the way that uh, they thought maybe this game would come out against Indiana. Indiana's a good football team, though. i got to admit, uh, we've talked about them time and again. They gave Ohio State all they could handle. I mean, uh, the fact that the defense was really kind of even without their quarterback, be able to hold them down, but just offensively, just nothing being able to be generated right now, and the turnovers continue, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's been ugly for Wisconsin and offense the last, Two games. I mean, they were held without a touchdown for the first time since 2015. They've had 13 points combined the last two games. Last time that happened, 1991. So it has been historically, I guess you would say, bad for the uh, rejuvenation of the Wisconsin program. You know, when Barry Alvarez first got there, it's, uh, it's as bad as it's been since, since then. And, um, you know, I, you could, you could make, you can point to a lot of different things, uh, youth on offense, you know, Graham Mertz still trying to get going. Um, play calling may be as well some people would suggest but it just uh, has not looked great obviously
1: so problematically uh we know Graham Mertz started off you know on fire and getting a ton of praise and rightfully so and it was exciting uh what has what have teams done that have been so stymieing over the last few well I
0: think in part it has a lot to do with the guys that aren't haven't been on the field for them uh right. especially the last two games I mean not having Danny Davis or Kendrick Pryor against Northwestern was a big part of it not having um, Danny against Indiana and only having Kendrick Pryor for about a half uh, is an issue because right now they don't have a lot of depth at wide receiver. It's kind of Chimray DK, and then a bunch of guys. And, um, you know, maybe that's a little bit unfair, but it is what it is right now. They don't have the weapons on the outside. Jake Ferguson's getting doubled, uh, as you would expect, because he's a really, really good player and the teams are trying to take him away. And in the backfield, um, you know, they are... They have a really, really good running back in Jalen Berger, but right now apparently aren't comfortable using him more than fifteen times a game on the ground. I mean, he's averaging close to six yards to carry, but hasn't carried the ball more than fifteen times in any of the three games he's played. So, and and then when you go to Graham, it's you know his accuracy hasn't been where it was the first the first week against Illinois, and um, he's made some tough tough throws, or I should say, he's made some bad decisions on some of the throws that he's made. Um, been off with a couple of others. It's just it, it just all together. Uh, coming and uh, seeing
1: what we've seen the last two weeks um when you, uh, you i mean I, I understandably the the weaponry just hasn't been there but Jake Ferguson pretty much was his top target when you're talking about a tight end being your top target what does it say about the depth of your wide receiving core i'd say it's uh, unfortunately
0: for them right now it's
1: it's non-existent i mean
0: it, it, they when they lose Danny Davis and lose Kendrick Pryor you're down to Jack Dunn, at least this week, it was Jack Dunn and Jim Ray mm-hmm. D.K., and then you're using a bunch of guys that haven't necessarily um, shown. Now, they have talent at the position. There's young talent at the position. It's just unproven. And uh, in a year where they didn't get spring ball and very uh, weird fall camp, they didn't get that opportunity to grow. Those 15 practices in the spring are huge for, for young guys, and they didn't get them, and I think we're kind of seeing the result of it. Uh, I do think there's talent there. It's just it's not where
1: uh, – it's not at the
0: level that it needs to be right now.
1: yeah um, the offensive line I you know what the run game we're always accustomed to big offensive line blowing open holes and a run game that uh, is just nonstoppable uh, and the run game has not necessarily been there either. Talk a little bit about the run game.
0: Well yeah, I mean they, this week, I mean specifically this week losing your starting center and Kane Lyle seven plays mm-hmm. in the game and then having to go with uh, Tanner Bordellini, a true freshman. Um, playing his true, you know, is really his first action. And uh, there were some snap issues at times with, with the passing game. But, you know, the run game, uh, certain guys are doing well and certain guys aren't, Bill. I, I, I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, they right. uh, have had success with certain guys and other guys have not. Nikhil Watson hasn't had a ton of success this year. Garrett groschick you know, the first game a little bit, but hasn't really had much success the last three games or the last two games that he's been able to play. Dylan Berger is really the only guy that's had a ton of success. He's averaging close to six yards a carry. He's got the most carries of any of the guys, but usually when Wisconsin has a guy that is running like that, they kind of lean on him a little bit and they haven't done that. And I, you know, the 15 carries each game kind of seemed like a, a number that, okay, well that's, that's all they're going to give him. Uh, And I asked Paul Chris about that yesterday and he said, that's not the case. He told me that, or he said, that there's no pitch counts in football. That's for baseball. So, for whatever reason, they're just not giving him more carries than the 15 that he that he's gotten.
1: So tell me a little bit about, uh, I mean, obviously the story yesterday I was reading about Paul Chris giving up the play calling mm-hmm. and giving up to the offensive coordinator duties over to Joe Rudolph and, you know, with what the offseason held with COVID and such. And, um, you know, specifically, how much of a change do you think that makes offensively for this team?
0: Uh, and Paul Chris said as much. He said that, that you know, different people are going to have different – ways of going about things and the way of doing things. And I I think there is a change. I also say again, going back to the lack of potential weapons, I mean, what Paul Chris was working with and what Jack Cohn was working with last year with Jonathan Taylor and Quintez Cephas and, you know, really, really good NFL type players. They don't really have those guys right now. So it's, it's, it's difficult for Joe Rudolph. I, I, people want to kill him. And I, I guess I understand that, but this is also the same offense that was putting up 47 points a game through the first two weeks. So, They've had some success. They've played some good defenses the last couple of weeks shorthanded. And that's kind of what it is. But I, I don't um I don't agree with Paul Chris' decision to go the play calling. I mean, what is Paul Chris known for? Why did he get a head coaching
1: job? Right. It wasn't
0: because it wasn't because of him, you know, people thinking he was going to be a great leader. It's turned out that he is. Uh, it's not because he was gonna be a great recruiter, though it's turned out that he's been pretty darn good, especially at Wisconsin. It was because of the Record-setting offenses at Wisconsin that he put together in 2010 and 2011 when they were scoring over 40 points a game. That's why he got a job uh, as a head coach at Pittsburgh. To give up play calling um, is, you know, going away from what you do best. And he said he didn't want to shortchange the rest of the team. But look at the rest of the team. I mean, special teams—you could say something. You, could, you know, you could take some issue there. But that defense—that defense may be the best one that they've had in uh, in this three-four era. I mean, they're giving up 229 yards a game. Defense not a problem. The offense is where the issue is, and Paul Christ, thats where his—that's um, where his bread and butter is. And it was that—that that, to me was probably not a great decision. We'll see if he revisits it after this season.
1: I'm talking with Zach Heilprin uh, of our affiliate, the Zone, out in Madison. Cole Van Lannen, uh the fifth se- fifth year senior, uh, says, you know, bittersweet, uh, playing his last time at Camp Randall. Um, and, you know, and he is not coming back, obviously. So even though he has that eligibility, he's just chosen to move on. Correct.
0: Correct. Yeah, there's there's a couple of guys like that. We've we've heard from uh, Isaiah Laudermouth, the defensive uh, lineman. He is approaching this year as his last and he's gonna move on afterwards. Eric Burrell the same way, the safety. So they have some guys that are gonna have the opportunity to come back, but I think um quite a few will just end up moving on. I, I think for the most part they'll be welcome back if they wanna come back, but right now most of those guys um I, I think will move on. There's there's a few here and there, but we won't obviously know that until we get to talk with him at the end of the year if, if that happens.
1: Defensively speaking, pretty stout performance against an Indiana team that's been able to put up some points. Granted, they're missing their quarterback, but nevertheless, a pretty solid performance uh, this past weekend.
0: They've won. They the defense last two weeks has deserved to win the game, right? I mean, they gave up very right. little against Northwestern, uh, despite the four or the five turnovers that the offense had last this past week. Two more turnovers from the offense. Defense gives up 14 points uh, and the yardage is just remarkable and it was 218 the first game 219 the second game give it a little bit more to northwestern and then it was 217 this game The 229 yards they are given up is the second best in school history uh, you know scoring defense has been good the rushing defense is as good as it's uh, ever been in this 3-4 era i mean they I, it's a short shortened season they haven't necessarily played the best offenses possible but they have stopped everybody that um they've played and they've done it pretty they've done it impressively and i think it starts obviously with within veteran defensive line, but it also goes along with uh, those two inside linebackers in Leo Chanel and Jack Sandbar, and I think two of the better guys in the conference.
1: So uh, just quickly turning our sights to basketball, I um, was out and about over the weekend and was watching that game in a local watering hole between Marquette and, uh, and the Badgers. So talk a little bit about that because that was somewhat, uh, I'm not going to say shocking because I think Marquette is a good basketball team, did, but yeah. did they look at Marquette and take him a little bit lightly? I don't know about taking them lightly, but they certainly did not do all the little things that are necessary to win when you're
0: Wisconsin. Like that is where their strength is. It's, you know, don't turn the ball over rebound and don't foul. And they failed on all three of those accounts. I mean, the, especially, you know, really down to that last uh, possession with, you know, you get the great basket from Demetrius tries to put him ahead and then he fouls uh, DJ Carton and DJ Carton hits first to tie the game. And then they get an opportunity to get that game to overtime and they can't get a rebound. And so, yeah, the little things that Wisconsin is as good as I think Wisconsin is, and I think they have talent. They still have to do the little things that Wisconsin's always done these last 20 years, and without that, mm-hmm. it results in what we saw on Friday night. But I, I still think they're I still think they're a very good team. It's just you got to do those little things if you're Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, we've seen some top 25 teams that have faltered here as of late. I mean, heck, Kentucky has fallen what's uh, outside of the top 20 or top 25, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, some teams that you would think that are normally there have struggled early on. Out of the shoot. Now, tell me a little bit about uh, what's – because obviously Rhode Island is now going to come in on Wednesday instead of Louisville, and uh, Louisville – that game they're trying to reschedule, right?
0: Yep, they're trying to reschedule that one for Sunday. It'll depend certainly on where the testing is within the Cardinals program.
1: Okay, yeah, Um, I just wanted to touch base, because this is going to be a really disjointed year. Just like football (laughs) has been, this is going to be a really disjointed year.
0: It it definitely is. I think once they get to Big Ten play, it'll – you know, you, hopefully it'll be a little bit smoother, though, as we've seen with football, that, that hasn't necessarily been the case. But, yeah, it, it was a crazy 24 or 36 hours there for, for Wisconsin trying to find an opponent to get, you know, in on Wednesday. They talked about Northern, uh, moving Northern Iowa up. They talked about going to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis and playing UConn. Like, there were a bunch of different teams thrown, thrown out there, but luckily they got one to come here to Madison or Rhode Island tomorrow, and it's an actually pretty good team. And um, So hopefully they get that game in, and then hopefully they can play Louisville this weekend.
1: Yeah, the biggest thing for the Badgers was just some of the turnovers. Some of the, unti- I mean, it's one thing if you turn the ball over. It's another thing when you turn it over at a really untimely fashion and uh, to have ten turnovers and a couple of them late in that ballgame just uh, not going to be uh, the recipe for a victory. Good stuff as always, Zach. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again soon, man, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Zach Heilprin from our uh, zone out in Madison, our fine affiliate out there. Uh, 1670 AM, The Zone, out in Madison, and also uh, our friends at 96.7 FM as well. So thanks to him for joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.